0: As a Christian parent, you want your kids to grab onto the faith, but there might be a time when they're not really open to what you think. Then it might be time for a mentor that God will use to bring them back to the truth. I'm John Fuller, joined in the studio by Dr. Danny Huerta. He leads our parenting department, and we're going to hear now some more from a conversation we had with Mark Matlock and David Kinnaman. They describe the qualities of a group they call resilient disciples, and previously they mentioned two qualities, one having a real relationship with Jesus, and another practicing discernment. Uh, we're going to hear about the third quality today, and we start off as Jim Daly shares his heart for the next generation. David, I've got a heavy heart
1: with that description of this, the seed falling on the ground, because all of us as committed Christian parents, if we're living in that resilient parent space, you know, that we're born again, we have a relationship with Christ, we're doing the things we need to do, and we're living our lives hopefully in such a way that we're leading people to Christ, etc. That breaks my heart. Because that, what you're really saying is that some of our children obviously aren't going to get there. That I mean, it brings tears to my eyes. Because that is the goal. I mean, one of the things I often say to my boys is, I want to see you in eternity. But the reality is, for some people, that's not going to happen with their kids. And I think what's hitting me right now is the idea that we've got to do all we can do as human beings to till that soil in such a way that the Holy Spirit has the best chance of capturing our children. And if we're doing things to prevent it, our you know, rules orientation, our control freak out, parenting type. What, you know? Wow, we're we're actually contributing to the hardening of that soil.
2: Yeah, and to the lack of resilience in the the, the lives of these young people, and that is what gives me such great confidence in the gospel uh, today. You know, as a person who looks at culture and this generation, I'm so I'm so grateful to see the emotion in your eyes as we sit here today, Jim, because. Um, you know, a million and a half interviews, a big chunk of those have been with this emerging generation. I've had the privilege and the honor and the sacred honor of listening to people's loss of faith stories. And, uh, you know, there are times when it's the soil. It's, there's times when it's the, you know, the the culture. There's times when it's actually the the work of the church and, and self-righteous Christians who've, whose hypocrisy drove people away from the gospel, uh, who, who never heard the message of, of uh, unmitigated grace that comes through the cross. And so it should propel us to action. And at the same time, uh, as we care even more deeply about what happens to this generation, we have to be careful not to just grasp on to control points, um, yeah. you know, and, and, and just you know, try to force people to become Christians. This is a time, this is, I think, the message of, of Daniel in exile. Um, Daniel is used powerfully by God in three different pagan kings' administrations. Uh, you know, starts with Nebuchadnezzar, but then there are you know, two more uh, administrations that come along. And, and most his,
1: likely he's a teenager or 20-something. That's right.
2: right, and his practice of prayer, all of these deep, resilient things that he would have done, you know, to listen to God's voice, uh, in exile, to try to practice cultural discernment, to try to influence, you know, his, his society for God, um, you know, these are things that echo through history, you know, and so um, even though there's this is heartbreaking data on one level, it's also really encouraging for us to see that there are ways that we can live a resilient life, that this next generation is watching what happens with us as older Christians, that they want to see, uh, you know, who it is that they can hang out with and really believe that that person believes what they believe. Like, I think we have a crisis of trust in the church today. Who do I trust actually believes the things that Jesus says we should do and then lives them out? Right. And how can we as Christians, uh, you know, come to the place of resilience in our own lives so that other younger Christians can live that kind of resilient life as well? That's well said. And again, we're covering those five attributes that exist
1: in that 10% of 18 to 29 year olds that are Really living a resilient Christian life. And uh, we've covered two the intimacy with Jesus and then uh, cultural discernment. And what we were just talking about actually feeds into number three that you identified, which is meaningful intergenerational relationships. So, this idea that includes you, parent, mom, dad. I mean, you are that exactly. intergener, intergenerational relationship. But in addition to that, are the people around your family, people that you trust,
3: back to David's point, who can be good influences in your young child's life. This is probably the one thing, you know, we talk about control, yeah. right? And for me, I go back to that, the story of Abraham and Isaac, when God asks that he sacrifice Isaac on an altar to him, and then God redeems him and restores him. And he says, I, you know, I wanted to see if you really trusted me. Yeah. And I think as um, parents, we have to really trust God for the salvation of our children and not try to control it. But it doesn't mean disengage. It doesn't mean disengage. It doesn't mean just throwing caution to the wind. And and this is one of the areas where I think we can kind of bring some of that in, and that's in these meaningful relationships. We're really looking at the scaffolding around, the relational scaffolding around a child. One of the things that's happened is we become a connected, disconnected generation. We don't know our neighbors like we used to. You know, it used to be growing up, you know, families would hang out together all day on a Sunday and go over to each other's homes and things like that. People don't do that as much as they used to. And so what we're looking at is, how can I bring more relationships into my child's life? What we found with resilience, is that they were having much more networked relationships, hmm. many more connections with intergenerationally with adults older than them. They had people in their life that were encouraging them spiritually by, you know, double digits. Yeah. So the habituals and the resilience are going to church, uh, but the difference that they're having relationally is. Totally yeah, and again, planets. the digital world is putting up that barricade. You exactly. know, I can do this electronically. I
1: really don't need to communicate one-on-one, eyeball-to-eyeball.
3: And when our children become teenagers, they're trying to individuate from us, right? Yeah. They're trying to break away, and they are kind of testing us. Do you mom and dad really know what they're talking about? We need those men and women in their lives at that moment like when my, when my kids became teenagers everybody said oh you're like the teen whisper in the church you're gonna have such an easy time parenting your kids and i'm like no because i'm their parent. <laughs> right things <laughs> change i need the men and women <laughs> to so come true. around them just like i did your kids you know and <laughs> And and so having that in place is really really important. It's why community is so important. I'm just, and we saw it to be a really. Yeah, significant I'm laughing feature.
1: because of the common grocery store experience of a young couple with no kids when they see a kid out of control. When we have children, our kids
0: will never act like that. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> wink wink. Um.
0: Good stuff. And uh, Danny, I appreciate how our guest brought up the importance of having relationships with people from other generations, different generations. Mm-hmm. So outside of your family, who might have had a big influence on you that was from a different generation?
4: As I think through that, I would say, initially in high school, there was a coach that uh, came to our school as a new coach, new teacher, young guy. uh, He really taught me about grit and everything, including my faith. Hmm. He was not there to make people happy, but he was there to push you to new places, and he was... He was all in and you could feel that and sense that and initially it threw us off i remember that but over time you could see his investments into each of the people that were open to his investment Mm -hmm. in them and pushing them and then i think through i had met uh, uh, my pastor friend he's a senior pastor now he was the college pastor at the time i met him he has taught me to dig into scripture in a deep way and continues to challenge me in that as my senior pastor and my friend and my mentor. Mm. We get together still for lunch and and uh, talk about our lives in very open ways uh, with each other. And then I remember the, my boss in the counseling department, Willie Wooten, uh. Uh, he was a fantastic guy here at Focus on the Family for many years, and he uh, he taught me about grace and forgiveness and loving other people genuinely. So I've had different mentors throughout my life. That's three out of others, and the rolling credits there of of, of of my life mm-hmm. right and and these three men taught me some big important things and have been steadfast in their commitment towards me and uh will call me uh, especially the last two the pat my pastor and my boss the the coach continues to do his thing with a lot of other people yeah but man it's so important to surround ourselves in the different ages and stages mm-hmm. some of them continue in other stages some It's for that time and that season. Help your kids learn that. Some of them will be for a season and a time, and some will be long-lasting, and that's okay, but it's important to have those inputs in our lives.
0: Yeah, and I I think back, I know there are some church traditions and some faith traditions that uh, intentionally pair up younger people with a mentor within the church context Um, I mentioned a few episodes back about Dr. Dobson praying for mentors to be there for our kids when they hit Mm -hmm. those teen years. Uh, This is something you want to pray about. This is something you want to do for others um, and to to make sure that you're providing some sort of guidance to the kids that God brings through your life. We want to help you uh, as a parent, and we have a lot of resources here at Focus to do that. Uh, Certainly the book written by our guests called Faith for Exiles is a tremendous resource. Um, We'll send that to you when you support the ministry of Focus on the Family. Click the link in the show notes, make a one-time gift or a monthly pledge. We'll send that book to you as our thank you for being there and contributing to the work here. And if you haven't taken our free parenting assessment yet, please stop by the show notes to find that. It's a wonderful tool to gauge where you're doing well and to have some insights on ways you can improve as a mom or a dad. And then finally, remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or however you listen to this show. Your feedback helps us reach more listeners. Uh, For now, I'm John Fuller. On behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.